You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. A very busy day one of the SEC baseball tournament over in Hoover. We'll run through all the action from yesterday. Also, never too early to talk all things college football. We'll catch up with Stephen Lassen of Athlon Sports as their season preview guides are on newsstands now. We'll get his thoughts on the SEC and his top 25 teams. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. And a reminder, you can catch all of our great uh, SEC podcasts. Uh, Just search whatever school is your favorite and the words Locked on, and you will find it uh, wherever you get your pods. All right, let's run through all the action from day one over in Hoover at the SEC tournament. We start with yesterday morning, Kentucky. Needed multiple wins this week, and they didn't even get the first one. The Wildcats fell to Florida yesterday morning, 4-1, to one, despite out-hitting the Gators 11-5. They just kept getting guys on base, but ultimately they strand 14 runners on base. Meanwhile, the Gators, their victory helped solidify their case for a hosting bid as they got five innings from Tommy Mace before the bullpen worked four scoreless to close things out. Jacob Young... Led off the Gator first inning with a home run, and Florida's pitching staff took it from there. The six-seeded Gators move on to face third-seed Mississippi State in the first game coming up today. For Kentucky, their season comes to an end at 29-23 and overall and 12-19 and in the SEC. Next game yesterday, South Carolina, they had to decide how to approach their pitching plan in Hoover And Mark Kingston ultimately decided to uh, make sure their staff was primed for regional play next week. So he went with starter C.J. Waynes, who struggled with his control. Three walks, five wild pitches, and just two and two-third innings of one-hit ball. Meanwhile, Alabama, they brought back their top starter, Tyler Raz, who asked for the ball after Saturday's season-ending loss and responded with six solid innings of five-hit ball. Alabama jumped out with a six-run third inning and cruised after that en route to a 9-3 victory. Jackson Tate, he had the big blow in the sixth with a three-run home run. Brad Bohannon's squad, they keep their season alive, and Alabama will get at least two more games starting with Tennessee today. While one win likely isn't enough to overcome their regular season 12-17 SEC mark, should they find another win in Hoover, it will likely re-enter the at-large conversation. Meanwhile, South Carolina... They await their regional destination. They could still earn a host bid with their high RPI and strength of schedule, but their 16-15 and 15 SEC mark does them no favors. No SEC team has ever hosted with 16 wins without an extended tournament run. So South Carolina, uh, they'll be on the outside, or they'll be sitting there waiting to see what other teams do, see if they by chance get to host. But Alabama... They'll uh, need to get another victory here today to uh, help their postseason chances. Two 13 and 17 SEC teams faced off in the afternoon yesterday with Georgia beating LSU 4 to 1. All five of the game's runs were scored in the first inning. LSU scored first. They had the bases loaded with nobody out, but only scored the one run. Meanwhile, Georgia, the bottom of the first, they followed by scoring uh, four first inning runs, highlighted by Cheney Rogers three RBI double served as the difference maker in the game but prior to that hit 
LSU turned what was nearly a double play. Could have gotten out of the jam and limited the damage, but they did not. And Jaden Woods lights out out of the Bulldog, Bulldog bullpen, going three and two-thirds scoreless innings, not even allowing a hit to LSU. So the win really helps Georgia's at-large case with their 14th SEC win. You combine that with a huge series win at Vanderbilt on their resume. The Bulldogs move into the double elimination bracket where they will face top-seeded Arkansas later today. LSU, on the other hand, it was the first time since 2012 that the Tigers lost in their first game in Hoover. Landon Marceau was just really, really good for the Tigers. He pitched all eight, all eight innings of the game for LSU, allowing the four runs off the four hits in the first inning to go with nine strikeouts in the game. Really a shame LSU couldn't uh, find more run support for him, but the Tigers now play the waiting game at 13-18 and 18 in SEC play. LSU now needs to watch the scoreboard to see how all the other bubble teams perform along with how many bids get stolen. LSU entered the tournament as one of the top bubble teams out there. The loss hurts their case, but we'll wait to see how much this will impact them. LSU does have some things going in their favor. Low 20s RPI, a top five strength of schedule, 10 Q1 wins, 13 SEC victories, but even if they do get in, you wouldn't expect they're going to get a very favorable draw. Expect them to go somewhere, you know, send them halfway across the country over to California or something as a as a three or four seed, but uh, we'll see what happens. And in the nightcap last night, Ole Miss, they uh, took care of 12-seeded Auburn. Doug Nikhazy, really good once again for the Rebels, as he has been all season. He kept the Auburn hitters guessing at the plate at one point, Nikhazy retired 14 consecutive Auburn batters. He finished six strong innings, giving up two runs off four hits to go with seven strikeouts. Justin Bench hit a solo home run early on. Peyton Chatagnier drove in a couple of runs as well. So, for today, here's what we have. We'll have the three-seed Mississippi State taking on Florida this morning at 9.30 a.m. Following that, it'll be the two-seed Tennessee Vols taking on Alabama. Then later on today, it'll be the one-seed Arkansas taking on Georgia. That's scheduled to start at 4.30. And then the nightcap, it'll be four-seed Vanderbilt taking on Ole Miss. So some monster games happening today in the SEC. And, uh, of course, we'll keep you up to date on it throughout the week. But when we come back, up next, we are going to talk all things SEC football with Stephen Lassen of Athlon Sports. Hey, Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. It's been researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that come in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Both the Lucy lozenges and the gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your F- FSA cards to purchase Lucy now, and it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, even at the gym. It is 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out that dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. Subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. Very simple. You don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. 
And a reminder for our Locked On College Network listeners, if you go to lucy.co and use the promo code Locked On College, you'll get 20% off all products on your first order, including the gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co. Use the promo code Locked On College at the checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer a warning. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co. And be sure to use that promo code Locked On College. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. What is your favorite Built Bar flavor? Did you know Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, including some occasional limited time ones? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know, you got coconut, you got coconut almond, you got cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everybody. If you haven't tried all the flavors, I always recommend Get the mixed box at BuiltBar.com. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Try them all, and I bet you'll find one that you really like. Me personally, I like the mint brownie. I like the double chocolate. Can't go wrong with either of those. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein packed in there. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams sugar, 4 gram net carbs. Go order today. Check them out at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED. 15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Run along here, Locked On SEC, and it is that time of year, folks. It's the time of the year where the summer is upon us. You start hitting the road for those summer road trips, and... One thing that you got to have before you hit to the road for your summer road trip is your college football or SEC preview guides. They're all hitting the newsstands now, and one of our favorites, Athlon Sports, has got theirs out. And our buddy uh, Stephen Lassen from uh, College Football Editor for Athlon Sports. You can follow him on Twitter, at Athlon Stephen. He joins us now. Stephen, what's going on, man? Hey, Chris. It's great to talk to you, man. It's been uh, you know, crazy off season as we're getting the magazine out. I'm excited. It's on the newsstands and looking forward to what should be a very uh, interesting and hopefully very normal 2021 after a uh, crazy and chaotic 2020 season. Yeah, you're right, man. It's um, it, it was a crazy season, you know, with without a lot of fans in the stands and and everything we had to put up with. But it sounds and seems more and more like we are going to get back to a return to normalcy this year. I want to start with this. Uh, you got a story up at AthlonSports.com ranking your top 25 in college football, and I want to run through some of the SEC teams. So we'll start from the bottom and work up. First off, you have Ole Miss and Auburn in your just missed category just curious your thoughts on on those two teams and why they missed out on your top 25 yeah we have Ole Miss finishing 27th and Auburn finishing uh you know 29th so they were right there in the discussion and I also think one of the things that we talk about a lot in our preseason prediction meetings is you know in a lot of these ranges of teams they're really, really close. So you change a win or two here or there, just how you feel a little bit different about a team. You know, they could easily be in the top 25. So so really kind of essentially, they're right there on the cusp of, of being a top 25 team. I think for Ole Miss, it's all about offense. We really like the potential of Lane Kiffin, Matt Corral, Jerrion Ely, all that skilled talent that Ole Miss has. The biggest, I think, question for them for being a top 25 team is going to be that defense, giving up 38 points a game last season. If that defense can just be, 
you know, 25% better. You're talking about a team that can get to nine and three, eight and four type territory and finish in the top 25. I think for Auburn, this to me looks like a transition year. I like the Brian Harson hire. I think his biggest, you know, priorities have to be right away. The quarterback position has to get Bo Nix on track or turn to TJ Finley. And then the offensive line, which has been kind of a weak spot for Auburn these last couple of years. But Derek Mason, great defensive coordinator hire. I think that side of the ball will be set. It's all about the offense. And I think when you start looking at Auburn's schedule, uh, the road trip to Penn State, the crossover game against Georgia, it's really difficult for a first-year coach. So I think out of the two, I clearly feel better about Ole Miss's chance to finish in the top 25. I think they can just be a little bit better on defense. I think they can get there. Yeah, I just I feel like Lane Kiffin is going to be a disruptor in the SEC. I felt that way ever since he took the job, and he's going to sneak up and beat somebody he's not supposed to. Keep in mind, last year, you know, he was neck and neck with Alabama after three and a half quarters in in that game. So uh, he's going to disrupt and and beat somebody he's not supposed to. It's just can he do it for a whole season? That's uh, still up in the air. Uh, next up, you have LSU coming in at seventeen. A lot of assistant coaching changes for the Tigers this off season I keep looking and say that defense has got to be better this year they were so dreadful last year but your thoughts on LSU are the one consistent theme that showed up in all of our uh you know preseason prediction meetings when it came to LSU we think they're the biggest wild card in the SEC you know you mentioned it we have them finishing 17th I could see him finishing in the top 10 being second in the SEC West I could also see him finishing a lot closer to 25. Uh, they're just there was the biggest kind of variance among our staff in, in where to place LSU. But I, I think you know you mentioned it there, the defense giving up over seven yards a play is almost just hard to fathom for LSU. They just have so much talent on that side of the ball. I mean, Derek Stingley, Eli Ricks. I mean, that's that might be the best cornerback combination in college football. So I, I think just a fresh start on defense and the change in coordinators on both sides of the ball will serve this team well. They have two quarterbacks they can win with and also a an experienced offensive line, which struggled last year, I think could be a strength this year. So they're a complete wild card. We've got them 17th, but I mean, if things fall into place, this is a team that's just one year removed from winning the national championship and they could easily uh, finish much closer to the top 10. Uh, up at LSU, you have Florida, who I'd argue really, uh, the more and more I think about it, they underachieved last year. I mean, you got a quarterback like Kyle Trask who, you know, set all these records. I mean, he was looking more and more like Joe Burrow out there with all the weapons that he had. Obviously, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony, two first round picks, but that defense was really not good last year under Todd Grantham. I thought they were going to make a change, but uh, Dan Mullen decides to stick by his guy. Your thoughts on the Gators this year? You know, I, I think much like last season, I think they are an offensive first team. And it may seem strange to say that because they're losing Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney, like you mentioned. But I think they're going to be okay on that side of the ball. I, I just trust Dan Mullen to put the right pieces in place. And Emory Jones has played well in limited time, a little bit different quarterback than Kyle Trask. But, I mean, their weapons at running back and receiver. They still got some guys who are going to break you know big plays and, and make plays in the passing game. So I think their offense may not be as good as it was last season, but I think it's going to be just fine. I think it all comes down to the defense. I mean, six over six yards of play, 
they struggled in stopping the run, the pass, you know, situational stops, red zone, third downs, all that stuff. I mean, everything about Florida's defense has to improve. And on the talent level, they've got it. I mean, you know, Florida hasn't recruited as well as Georgia and Alabama, but they still got a lot of players that suggest they should be better than than how they performed last year. So there's no question about it. Grantham is under pressure to get this defense on track. And I think another obstacle for them is that schedule. I mean, their crossover games are at LSU and against Alabama. That's the toughest crossover among the contenders in the SEC. So we've got them finishing 11th. I think they're right there, nine and three. Uh, you know, you know, ten, kind of ten and two if if things break right for this team. Very much dependent on the defense. More with Stephen Lassen right after this. Need to remind you guys, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The NBA playoffs as well. You can track all the action at BetOnline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting news, whether it's MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, the MMA. Do it all at BetOnline. For the next pitch or the next tip, Go to Bet Online or your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Head to their website. Use your uh, mobile device. You can sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. As you sign up, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts. Roll along here, locked on SEC. Continue our conversation with Stephen Lassen from AthlonSports.com. Of course, the uh, Athlon Sports uh, College preview guides hitting your newsstands now. And, of course, you can go to AthlonSports.com to check out all the great work there as well. All right, Stephen, we're into the top ten. We're talking all things SEC, and you got a couple of SEC teams in your top ten. Let's start with the Texas A&M Aggies. you got them coming in at number six. Is Jimbo Fisher finally taking the Aggies to that next level? Because in my mind, man, you know, last year was a great finish, but ultimately he's got to start finding a way to beat Alabama and try to win that the SEC West if he's ever going to live up to that big paycheck that he's getting. For sure, yeah. I mean, seventy-five million dollars over ten years—they're not paying you that to to finish, you know, uh, you know, sixth in in you know the country. They want they want national championships, and you know, I think Texas A and M is is on the right track. There's no question about that. I think the question that we discussed in our meetings uh, this offseason was: Have they closed the gap to Alabama enough to threaten in the SEC West this year? They host Alabama. That's one positive. But I also think that it might, it's probably not going to happen this year. Uh, I just think with four new starters in the offensive line, the uncertainty of quarterback, whether it's Haynes King, Zach Calzada, Jimbo Fisher does a great job of developing quarterbacks. He'll find somebody, and, and eventually they're going to be able to run the ball with the running backs in the way they've recruited. And of course, the strength of this team is the defense. I mean, every level of this defense looks outstanding on paper. So I, it is heavily dependent on how far Texas A&M can develop its quarterbacks and offensive line. So I think they they have improved, no doubt, under Fisher. And I think they've kind of settled into somewhere, you know, as a consistent top 10 to 15 team. I'm just not sure they can close the gap this year to Alabama with some of those question marks 
they have on offense. Yeah, if you're the Aggies, I mean, you're you're almost like a year late. You wish this was the year you were bringing back no Kellen Mond and all those offensive linemen, and you could really compete while Alabama's starting to hit the reload button. Uh, at number five, you have Georgia, and you know some might say it's a little bit low when we talk expectations for JT Daniels and the Bulldogs this season. But Stephen, this almost feels like Kirby has to make the playoffs this year with everything he's got coming back. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, this is a prime opportunity for Georgia to to make the college football playoff. They are the heavy preseason favorite to win the SEC East. Everywhere you look, they're among the favorites to, to make the playoff this year. You know, there, there's really kind of a couple things that we talked about in our uh, preseason magazine discussions. And we think Georgia is better than the number five team in the country. But right now, we thought they would be underdogs against Clemson and Alabama. And if they lose both of those games, hard to see them making the playoff at you know 11-2 and two and losing to potentially the number one, number two team in the country. So on a neutral field, no doubt about it, we'd like this team to you know probably be the third best team in college football. But if that's the way the schedule breaks, uh, barring some other losses by Ohio State, Oklahoma, hard to see them making the playoff. But... You know, the, everything is in place for them to knock off a of Clemson or to to finally beat Alabama. The offense under JT Daniels averaged about eight more points a game with JT Daniels as the starter. And you look at those receivers, and sure, George Pickens is out, but they've got some guys who can stretch the field if they're healthy. And the defense, even though the secondary is reloading, I still think it's going to be uh, pretty salty. So we we really like this Georgia team. It just kind of came down to in those two games, we thought they would be underdogs. And if they're 11-2, and two, we think they finish outside the playoff. Yeah, it's um, I just look at everything they've got. And I've been saying for weeks, oh, they can lose that opener against Clemson. Their season is still fully ahead of them. But you're right. They lose one SEC game and they drop to two losses. That may put them on the outside looking in. Uh, of the college football playoff. All right, at number one, you got the undisputed champs, Alabama, yada, yada, yada. They lose a lot, but I guess we just come to expect Nick Saban's always just going to reload. It, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny to to look at Alabama's losses because they lose Steve Sarkeesian, Mac Jones, Devonta Smith, and you know, Najee Harris, and you know the list goes on and on, but we really didn't blink too much about putting Alabama as our projected national champion. I think you start seeing the next wave of stars, guys like Bryce Young, uh, Brian Robinson, uh, Ajay Hall, the freshman receiver who was fantastic in the spring game. And, and I think an underrated point about Alabama will be their defense this year. They led the SEC in fewest yards, uh, I mean, fewest points a game last season. And, and yeah, they're losing Dylan Moses and Patrick Sertain, but Man, this defense is pretty deep across the board. So I look for Alabama defensively to maybe be better than last season. Maybe the offense isn't as explosive, but the track record uh, under Nick Saban recently, it seems strange to say this with kind of where things were a couple years ago, but man, Alabama's firepower and track record on offense are hard to doubt. And they got to go to A&M, they got to go to Florida. But I think based upon what we've seen so far, they will probably be favored in every regular season game um, so we we picked Alabama to win it all and really didn't blink too much. Yeah, and, and Steve Sarkeesian, very successful, great reclamation project, uh, running those offenses in Alabama, setting all those records. But switching to Bill O'Brien, we saw he was successful at Penn State, and obviously with the Texans with Deshaun Watson. But can he get back into the coaching offense 
role in the college level, and obviously he's got a ton of talent to do that, but we'll see if that ends up costing Alabama at any point this season. Uh, my last question for you, Stephen, just kind of throwing it out there, Which is there an SEC player you are most intrigued to watch this season? I mean, obviously, you got the quarterbacks, you got Bo Nix at Auburn, you got JT Daniels at Georgia, Bryce Young at Alabama, but is, is there a specific guy you're looking at this year that you're really intrigued to see? You know, I hate to give you a boring answer, but Bryce Young is someone that I'm really interested to see, you know, play because we've seen him in bits and pieces and you've seen him in high school and we watched him in the spring game and all the talent is there uh, from the recruiting level and from from what we've seen in limited pieces at Alabama. I'm curious just to see how good, you know, he ends up being. And, you know, that debate about the SEC's best quarterback this year is fascinating with Corral and JT Daniels and Bryce Young. So I'm interested just to see how good he ends up being. And I think if you were kind of looking a little bit further down uh, the list of of teams, I'm curious about Connor Basilak at Missouri. Uh, He had the big performance against LSU. His touchdowns, he really didn't throw many, uh, you know, the rest of the year, but he's got a lot of talent got a coach who's, who's building the the offense there up, up really nicely. So I'm interested in quarterback play just as a whole uh, across the league this year. I think there's a lot of intrigue at places. Anything specific you're looking at uh, with SEC Media Days coming in a couple weeks? Anything you want to hear? I mean, we're looking exci- we're excited about it because we get to finally see Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach in person as, as SEC coaches. But anything you'd be uh, looking for takeaways from SEC Media Days? Yeah, I think first of all, like big picture stuff in college football, name, image, and likeness, transfers. Uh, you know, we've heard a lot of discussion about the, the transferring within the conference, what's going to happen there. I'm curious, does Greg Sankey say any more about that? Because as we've seen, the SEC kind of sets the table for a lot of that, but being so early at media days and kind of shapes the discussion. So I think I'm always interested in like big picture takeaways from Greg Sankey and then. The new coaches, you mentioned Kiffin and Leach, but also uh, Josh Heupel, Clark Lee, Shane Beamer, uh, Brian Brian Harson, especially coming from the Mountain West uh, to the SEC to take over at Auburn. I think it's it's uh, going to be a, a little bit of a switch for him coming to SEC Media Day. So I'm curious to see how they all take it in. Steven, great stuff, man. Can't thank you enough. And uh, I guess let our listeners know, obviously, Athlon Sports, the pre- season preview guides are on the newsstands now, and you can order them at athlonsports.com. And I'm sure you're working on uh, some more pieces up on the website right now, right? Absolutely. We've got college football content from, you know, every day of the week during the offseason and in season at athlonsports.com. And you mentioned the magazines are on sale, newsstands and our website. You can get any cover shipped to you, SEC uh, or national. So our, our online store is our best place. If, you know, for example, if you're a Texas A&M fan living in Kentucky and can't find the Aggies cover, uh, our online store can ship it to you. Great stuff, Stephen. Good to catch up with you as always, man. Anytime, Chris. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. My thanks to Stephen Lassen, Athlon Sports, joining us there. We'll be back tomorrow talking a whole lot more when it comes to the SEC tournament happening this weekend over in Hoover. Tons of stuff to break down and recap. We'll be talking it all throughout the week here on Locked On SEC. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're here for you five days a week. And a reminder to get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Talk to you guys tomorrow.